Talk, talk to me. WSRadio.com Welcome to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. Hello and welcome, as that nice lady said. Welcome. We are Computer and Technology Radio. I am Mark Cohen. She is Marsha Collier, and we're here to bring you the latest news and reviews on everything tech-related. Whether you're a beginner or an expert, we have something for you. So welcome and thanks for being here. How are you, Marsha? How you doing? I mean, today is such an insane day. Now, I know this is a podcast and people will be listening to it on all different days. Right. But I am going to be stuck in front of my TV because I recorded King Charles' coronation. We have the Berkshire Hathaway annual meeting, mm-hmm. and I can't can't not listen to the wisdom right. of Warren Buffett and Charlie, Charlie Munger. Mm-hmm. And then at four o'clock our time is the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. So I'm not going to move from the TV. I <laughs> plan on I am, sitting. I am thinking of placing a huge bet on the Kentucky Derby only, and I don't know anything about horses at all, but I did notice that the number two horse is Baby Yoda. I thought that's got to oh, well, be some kind of sign. We, you know, the scary thing is you can bet on it online. Yeah, I, you know, I've never done it before. I don't even know how to do I, it. I don't know how to do it either, but I, I understand there are... See, we're sounding like such rubes. So <laughs> never mind, folks. Yeah, we know all about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're always yeah. betting. So, you know, and last week we talked about AI headshots. Yes. So... I wanted to try it to see, you know, and I told you I checked the privacy policy. All seemed good. Right. And I didn't go to pick out photos from Google Photos. I picked out, I just on my phone selected uh, 15 photos of my face. And I sent them in. And within like four hours, I got 103 AI-generated headshots. I sent the link to you. Yeah. I thought it was hysterical. (laughs) Well, I have to say that, you know, not everyone's a great picture, obviously. There's one where you look cross-eyed and one where you look (laughs) oddly weird in some of them. But for the most part, they're really quite beautiful pictures. Well, and the thing is, the arms that they put on me, I thought that was so funny. You can see a trucker tan on on some of the arms. Some of them are weird. And one of them, I'm incredibly skinny. I, I, I <laughs> As you are in life. Oh, sure. Yeah. No, I mean, we're talking bony, skinny arms. But I thought, this is amazing, considering it costs $17. Yeah, that was And just cheap. so you know, it's a website called Try It On AI. You're, I'm going to get at least a couple, three out of oh, there. Oh, I would say I you have easy. more than that. I mean, there's a lot of nice pictures here. I mean, there's one you look like Rita Hayworth, for anybody that remembers Rita Hayworth. I, I know. I thought that was amazing, those throw. There's one I look like Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> the old there's Queen Elizabeth one, or the new Queen Elizabeth? The young Queen Elizabeth. Young, okay, that's good. Um, <laughs> and, no, and I mean, there's some, some beautiful pictures here. And some I look like a Las Vegas madam. <laughs> Which was your um, former job, right? Of course. Yeah. But I thought, this is amazing. Because going through a photo shoot, and it is important that you have a good picture for LinkedIn. Yeah, sure. Or any website, especially LinkedIn, where, you know, you might be looking for a job or a consulting gig or something like that. Right, right. Um, have a good picture. And it's not a big picture that you get back. They're 640 by 640. So okay. it's not, not a big deal. Okay. Well, that's all right. Uh, but amazing. I can't, 
just the fun value for oh, it I, is I never cool. had that much fun for 17 bucks. <laughs> I mean, it used to, you know, photo shoots, headshots and such can be thousands of dollars if you're trying to do it professionally. And I will say that these were really some professional looking, yes, again, not all of them, but I would say there are 20, 30 at least in there that I thought were good. And the thing is, when you do headshots with a photographer, you have to bring different changes of clothes. Right, of course. You have, you know, it's just like, oh, God, oh, God. And hopefully, even men have makeup, you know, to look appropriate. Mm -hmm. So this was amazing. For $17, I can't recommend it more. I don't know the people behind the website, but I... It Great was idea. amazingly fun. Great idea. Yeah, I haven't gone to movies that were that amusing. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, when I was, uh, my last shoot for uh, headshots was when I was at KBC, and they did. They put makeup on me, and it was uh, weird because generally I don't wear makeup. So uh, they put it on, and that was kind of strange. Now, the outfits in those pictures, are those from the outfits that you submitted? or Nope. They, you, nope. So I never saw those outfits before. Wow. I mean, some of them are, you know, I do look like a school teacher. Mm-hmm. In a few of them, um, there's I look like my great aunt in a couple of them. Oh, how funny! Uh, I, those ones in the green strapless things, uh, I, it's hysterical. It's, it's yeah, I, I was impressed. I, I really thought it was kind of fascinating and uh, cool. Seventeen bucks can't go wrong with that, right? I mean, yeah. that's what the amazing thing was. And then I just quick news before we get into the deep tech, as you know, King Charles was crowned king today and in case you didn't know uh open.spotify.com or just google coronation celebration playlist uh one of the arms of the british government put together a playlist and i gotta tell you it's an excellent excellent playlist the beatles coldplay david bowie ed sheeran elo Uh, did you look at it it's great and even fun People of all ages really seem to like it, so pff, that's I do amazing. remember, you know, you ever get a song stuck in your head and you just can't get out of your head? And years ago I Googled, how do you get a song out of your head that you can't get out? And yeah. they said you should sing God Save the Queen. Don't know why, don't know why that works, but whatever song is in your head from there saying God save the queen, which I, I don't even know the lyrics other than God save the queen, you know, and that's supposed to take the the song out of your head. So, Good to know. Yeah, Good so to know. Thanks, for, thanks, thanks, Queenie, for that. But um, I mean, this, it really is, it's an excellent, we are the champions by, with Queen. Yeah, that's uh, Jeff true. Jeff Beck, uh, Harry Styles, Grace Jones. It's an amazing. So just Google Coronation Celebration Playlist. I'm going to save this one. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, it really is interesting. And uh, that's that's kind of fun. Playlists are also kind of fun. So that's enjoyable. Uh, it's always so nice the, to have a good one. <laughs> oh, yeah. So the uh, the writer's strike is officially on. And we, I, I'm trying to remember, we haven't had a writer's strike in a while, if I remember correctly. It's been a number Last of one lasted over three months. Uh, yeah. And it was a number of years ago, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And uh, it totally it, wrecked the system. Yeah, I mean this was That's I, how we got that's how we got the apprentice. That's how we got the Kardashians. That's true. That's true. Yeah. All yeah, cuz all reality shows. shows. 
you know, and uh, I hosted uh, for Distinguished Fictions this week, I hosted Ken Burns, the prolific documentarian. And we were talking about the strike a little bit. And, you know, he's obviously a writer and a documentarian. And it can, hopefully it's not a long involved strike. Now, it's funny that it's coming at the time that TV is going into reruns. So I don't know whether that was planned that way because, you know, all the shows that are um, now You know, running, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's a benefit. Yeah, I don't By know. The way, it... You know, if that's a reason. But there are good reasons. I have to tell you how bad it's become. I got a request to do a treatment for a TV show. Mm-hmm. They wanted me to do the beginning of the episode, kind of the climax, middle, and an end. For $40 an hour. Really? Work for hire. Work oh. for hire. This is, and just, this you know, is after the strike started? Before. Oh, before the strike this, started. Yeah, well, this is why there's a strike. Right. Uh, just so you know, work for hire means that what, they'd pay me $120 for my idea, feed it into ChatGPT, right. have ChatGPT flesh out my thinking and my ideas then run, make the show. They could run it on their network. If it's successful, it'll be bought out by another network. Mm-hmm. They'll make money off of it. If it and you know, if it continues streaming, they continue to make money. And I got one hundred and twenty dollars. That that is not the way it should work. No, right, certainly not. <laughs> uh, by so the way, it I mean, it's been fifteen years since the last uh, writers' guild strike. So, so I I am absolutely absolutely for it. Uh, they said, writers battle plagiarism machines. Mm-hmm. Uh, WGA writers don't want to train AI or clean up AI-generated sloppy first drafts, right. which is exactly what I was talking about. Yeah. So I know it exists, and I'm totally behind them. And the fact that they don't make residuals on streaming, I think, is really wrong. Yeah, that's true. Because yeah, the, the streaming networks are... Exactly. And the streaming networks are making... Buckets of buckets of money. So, you know, the thing is, you write something, they make money from it, you should get a small percent every time yeah, it's sold or whatever. So I'm behind the, unfortunately, I'm behind the Writers Guild all the way. I say unfortunately because I we're going to be missing a lot of TV shows, and I, I'm really over it with reality shows. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting, and, and we'll see where this goes. And like I say, now is the, I guess, the optimum time to do that because of broadcasting, although that affects films. That's only television. Filming goes on year-round. Uh, oh, know. no, this will this affect, affects films, too. Oh, no, strike. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so yeah. It, it wouldn't, just because TV's off the air right now, doesn't really affect TV, but for movies it certainly does. You know, yep. for Netflix shows, for anything else that's constantly going on. So um, I hope they end this soon. You know, it's it's a tough one on the writers, and they deserve to be uh, paid what they're worth. Yeah, and if anybody's seen uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel... I um, couldn't get into it, but I've seen some of it. In this season, she's a writer for a Johnny Carson or a Jimmy Kimmel-type show. Mm-hmm. And there are five people there, six people, doing the writing just for one you know, in the beginning of the short show's right. monologues. And, and not only that, when you think of award shows, um, somebody famous just dropped out of hosting 
the uh, what one of the upcoming award shows. Anyway, you don't realize it that the people on the stage don't just say things off the top of their heads. Oh no, it's every everything is on a teleprompter, yeah. and in between, like when someone is entertaining before they have to go back on, the writers are rewriting jokes to tie in with what has gone on with the show so right. far. So I don't know how that's going to affect it. Uh, you know, I the person who was supposed to host just said, hey, no writers, I'm walking. <laughs> this yeah. is not going to happen. That's really interesting. And those teleprompters are great. I, for years, made gave speeches involving uh, my charity. And the teleprompters are great because you can't really tell. It's just a little piece of glass. And the audience yep. can't really tell what you're doing there. And they work yep. great. They, they work really well. You can move around, pretend like you're actually talking to everybody in the audience when, in fact, you're reading the uh, the speech that they're running across. Now, you came across something, and this is interesting. Five ways, and it was in PC Magazine, five ways to detect text written by chat, GPT, and other AI tools. How, how do you do this? Go. <laughs> well, you know, it's, I mean, it's really kind of an interesting thing because, um, and, you know, suddenly my story just disappeared. Uh, about that, but I'm going to find it while we're talking. Uh, okay, here we go. So basically, the idea is, you know, everybody's concerned about chat GPT now, uh, especially school kids, because school kids, and I happen to know of one that recently told me this, that got accused of using chat GPT to write their report. The reality is they didn't use chat GBT. They were just a crappy writer. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, I mean, I don't know, whatever the whatever the reason was, they simply did not use it. They told the teacher, and the teacher said, no, 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 no. this is a chat GPT. So this is a real issue for certainly for kids in school, some who are using it, some who are not using it, and they've developed a number of programs to detect whether these are real. So there's one called AI Text Classifier, um, it's open AI is a way of obviously writing these programs. It works with a minimum of a thousand characters, uh, can mislabel both AI generated and human written text. So it's not accurate completely. It doesn't work well on text written by children or that isn't in English. Uh, but there's one there. So again, AI tech, uh, text classifier, it's free. Uh, and that's something that you can, you know, try. And I guess if I were going to do this, I want, would want to, before I submitted a document like that, I'd probably want to try one of these programs to see whether it comes up as a real or a AI written program. Um, so you've got another one called GPT zero, um, that was used by a lot of college students, apparently, you know, college students that were writing their essays through these. And apparently it has really been a difficult thing for the kids to find out because it apparently works pretty well. Um, it can be used to test a single sentence as long as 250 characters or more. Uh, it's accurately well, it's, accurate. It's more valuable for the teachers to find out. Oh, yeah, that's the whole point. Yeah. It. yeah. Yeah. Uh, it apparently increases as it's fed more text, the accuracy. Um, and then there's, <clears throat> excuse me, then there's a, a separate product called Chat GPT Zero Educators that they can sign up for 10 bucks a month. It features things that are more suited to whatever the kids are writing and such. And uh, anyone can actually try ChatGPT0 for free at chatgpt0.me. Uh, you can register to uh, check up to 5,000 characters and documents. 
Uh, Pro plan is 20 bucks a month. So I guess if you're planning to rip off stuff by having uh, the chat GPT use it, you probably want to, as I say, test a program to see if they can actually detect whether it's a real program or not. And there's another couple of other ones, uh, originality.ai, writer AI content detector. So if you're a writer, it'll you know, it'll take a look at it. Um, and there, you know, if you're doing it and you're going to submit it as your documentation, you better be really careful how you do that. Yeah. Well, and there's also the question of who do you sue? Well, right. if, if it goes to publication and it defames someone, or causes someone harm because you've given out wrong information. Right. Uh, oh, well, ChatGPT did it. Well, just so you know that in the terms of service, they say you use it for something, you get sued, and of course then ChatGPT would get sued as well. Right, and good luck that with you're, that. You're resp well, but you're responsible for ChatGPT's legal bills. R right, exactly. Yeah, we talked about so, that. So... Yeah, so I mean, yeah, that's something we shouldn't forget. And at the universities, it's obviously making more jobs for the professors, but they're running all the information through and double-checking. Right. So, you know, just don't cheat, for God's sakes. No, it really is silly, and probably you're going to get, you know, now that everybody's aware of this, before it became really popular, you probably got away with doing it. Now everybody is so AI conscious, and you know Microsoft's one of the big players in this, and everybody's heard of it. Uh, so it's not as easy to do as you probably previously thought. So I don't know. Yeah, very interesting stuff. We'll see. Um, okay, uh, Captcha, which I hate, absolutely hate. Uh, Marsha, what do you think of that? You couldn't see that I was coughing and oh. waving to you to keep oh, I going. Could not. Got to pay attention. Yeah, I have to um, get. To, yeah, I have to get Marsha a new camera because her camera is blurry. You're using a really old camera, so it's yeah. And I have a new camera. I just don't want. I know you, you haven't put me. it on yet. No, I'm not going to. This isn't what I do uh, zooms from. I have right. another computer. Uh, so anyway, uh, what I was saying is the capture, which I think is the devil itself. I hate those things. So why don't you describe what it is and how it works? Well, how about I just give you the short story? Okay. Because the short story is much more, you know, is this a railroad? Is that the edge of the bus? I don't know if that's the edge of the bus. Yep. Should I click it? I don't know. Uh -huh. Bottom line, the way it knows is how you move your mouse across the screen. A robot would be different. Okay, so before you click a couple of different things, it is really tracking your mouse and where you're moving it. That's interesting. I've never heard that before. And that is it. It's uh, a then this is according to cybersecurity firm Cloudflare, which is legit. The text tracks the movement of the user's cursor. Hmm. As they move it towards the box. So if you're whipping Just through even, quickly, it's not good. Well, no. Uh, a computer would start the mouse at the uh, square. Right. Correct. The mouse wouldn't move at the screen. Right. So that's it. Long story short. Wow. Okay. That's so good to know, yeah, it, it's. I mean, it's, honestly, it's a pain the in the times, neck, but. <laughs> well, I was going to say most of the time those pictures you can't even see the pictures half the time. They're blurry. 
they don't look right or you can, you know, find a bicycle, but you can't see it because the picture's so bad. Those are very, very frustrating. I hate those things. Well, so, and even the one, the simple one that I am not a robot. It's how your cursor moves across the screen to hit that little box. Real simple. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. Uh, all right. So let's talk about, um, you know, it's always difficult to decide what ISP to use. You don't know which one or who's the best. You know, everybody's got ratings. You don't know if the ratings are real or not. So here's some of the things that you need to do if you're looking for your ISP and how to decide. The first thing you want to do is you need to find out how much speed you actually need. So if you're doing, let's say, internet use, online shopping, social media, light TV streaming, 25 megabits to 100 megabits is very suitable. Uh, in fact, because I had a horrible internet connection for so many years, and I had a 5 megabit, I was always able to stream uh, Netflix. And that was pretty good. That was 5 megabits per second. Uh, so... 25 to 100 probably is good enough for whatever you want to do. Uh, you know, you can even connect devices to it, uh, security cameras, video doorbells, you know, uh, smart speakers. speakers. Um, and so that's the first thing. Consider what range you want. You know, if you don't want to spend a lot of money on a gigabit service, which are very expensive, and frankly, not that many people. Nobody needs it. Nobody yeah. needs gigabit service. You do not. Um, I'm on Spectrum. I get... Now, keep in mind, when you test your speed by going to speed test through a Google search or fast.com from Netflix, um, if you're doing it over a Wi-Fi device... That is not the speed that you're getting the internet to the house. Correct. You have to go to where your modem is and plug in directly. Right, correct. Like the computer that I'm working at right now is hardwired into the router. Mm -hmm. So I will have the exact speed if I ran a speed test right. of, of what, what I was getting. I've found cable modems... Uh, they say I get 300 megabits per second. I've uh, clocked at 240. That's certainly good enough. Now, they say on Spectrum there's a starting price of 49.99, And then in teeny tiny little letters it says for 12 months. And that's true. And that's what, that's what a lot of these companies do. They have an introductory price. And then once you've changed, you don't want to change back and you're stuck and just suck up the price increase. Mm -hmm. I can tell you that Spectrum charges $69.99 plus tax and license and whatever um, for their service. But their service is that good. It's definitely worth $69.99. So if you, if you buy in at the discount price, know how much you're going to be paying and always ask how much it'll be afterwards because they have to tell you. Uh, exactly. So, you know, that's that's one of the things you certainly want to do to check on your speed. Uh, you want to find all the different options that you have. Um, yeah, and there are many, many, many options. Now, for me, I'm in What are area. they? Uh, I'm sorry, Marcia? What are they? Oh, well, yes. So you have fiber, uh, if you're able to get that. 
you have DSL, which is an older service that I still have in the house. Oh, DSL is horrible. DFL is, well, the DSL is the one I had as an alternative for years, which was five megabits. Uh, but then you can also use satellite, as we've talked about many times, things like Starlink, uh, things like uh, Dish Network has those. They're terrible. They're absolute, I, I'm not Starlink necessarily, but for example, Dish or uh, can't remember the name of the other one that used to. Um, Oh, just satellite in general. Yeah, just satellite, yeah, satellite in general. Um, so that those are your options. Fiber optics cable, just regular cable, 5G home internet, uh, fixed wireless and satellite. Uh, I use, uh, I have a, a dish uh, on my roof, a small dish on the roof that uh, directs, connects directly to the neighborhood. So it's not a satellite in the air and that works extremely well. And then, you know, you want to just compare the plans as well, because in these plans, often they will throttle you. So I remember HughesNet was the one I was trying to think of. HughesNet used to give you 50 gigabits a month at whatever the speed they promised, which never worked. It was always, it was supposed to be 25 gigabits, uh, uh, megabits a, um, a second, rather. And that actually just never worked well. And when you go through 50, which is not a lot to go through in a month if you're watching movies or anything, then that suddenly throttles you down to three or four. So it's really, really bad. And uh, you've got to make sure that the that you're getting what the speed is you're supposed to be getting. So that's another thing. You know, know your limits. Be aware that if you go over a certain limit, you're either going to have to pay more for it, or as I just said, they're going to throttle you down. Uh, Marcia, you have any other tips that you want to talk about? Well, the thing is, I believe, uh, and I'm just checking to be sure this site is still in business, um, oh, how about if I spell it right? That always makes a difference. There's that a helps. site where people can comment on their, yeah, here it is, DSL reports. Now, of course, not many people use DSL anymore, right. but the site is called dslreports.com. You go there and it's basically a list of reviews and you put in your zip code or your area and they show you what states like here's a report on frontier fiber optic in california empire access new york frontier fiber optic in pennsylvania and dslreports.com will allow you to click on that and see what people really have to say and that will make a big difference in your internet experience it really yeah. will yeah so make sure that you do and take a look at that because they're very, uh, there are, as we say, there are a lot of options. You want to make sure that you get the one that's, you know, best for you. Uh, let's see. Okay, so it is the now the time of the show. We search the planets, the universe, and Amazon for the buy of the week. Thank you, Marcia. Um, Vizio, which is Marcia and I have, have complimented for many years, Vizio products. They've done a, a good job for the most part in their TVs and in their other things. And if you're looking for a soundbar, and I now use soundbars on most of my TVs, I bought a really high-end soundbar from LG because my hearing isn't as wonderful as I'd like it to be on TV. And um, so you can get really expensive soundbars, but this is a good price for a good soundbar. This is the Vizio M series, 5.1 premium soundbar, comes with Dolby Atmos, DTS-X, wireless subwoofer, 
Bluetooth voice assistant, uh, includes the remote control, so it kind of gives you all the bells and whistles. It has almost 3,000 ratings, so that's enough to actually believe the ratings. Their ratings are four and a half star, and it gives you the ability, for those who don't know what a sound bar is, basically it's just a device that sits that most TVs that you buy today have horrible sounds. Well, in the old days, they actually had speakers. Now it's, it's... You don't really have speakers in the new TVs. There's no room for them. No. yeah. I mean, I, my TV that I bought, my LG TV, is so thin. It's one of these ultra-thin that where do you put the speaker? So There you know, is the, no speaker, yeah. yeah. So the sound is bad. Uh, so the sound bar is this generally long device that can be three, four feet long, comes with uh, back speakers and front speakers and side speakers, and gives you your sound out of that. They're usually adjustable. So here's one that you can get. Again, it's the Vizio M-Series 5.1 premium surround, uh, sound bar. Uh, it is available on Amazon. The normal price on this is $329.99, and it's on sale today for $262.72. So for you know $270, you're getting yourself a really well-made sound bar. Don't expect it to be ultra-high premium as you would pay thousands for, but very good one if you're looking for... Um, Do they know, have prime shipping on that? Uh, let's see. That one comes with free delivery June 3rd through the 7th, according to this. Oh, so that blows Mother Day. Mother's yeah, Day. Oh, yeah, so. exactly. Oh, well. Uh, yeah, you can't get it. Uh, yeah, it's not available in, in a week, but it is free delivery. Good. Uh, so that's kind of cool. So that is our buy of the week. Thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you for the studio audience yet once again showing yeah, up for the right, show. Right, uh, right, right, right. Uh, okay, so Google I found Easter this. Eggs. I found this, and we know that there are always an Easter egg is something that's put on the website by the developers to make people laugh, right? I mean, they're kind of fun. And sometimes it's newsjacking. You know, it's tied into a news story. Um, All different things. But anyway, so Google has Easter eggs. I'm going to go through the list, and you can replay this section again if you um, want to... uh, do it yourself, but quickly, I think this is quite amazing. Um, when you're looking through, you go to the Google search, google.com, the number one top Easter egg, and I'm going in order from number one, type in Wordle, you know, the New York Times game Wordle. So then the Google logo transforms into Wordle letters, which is kind of cool. Um, type in translate. A translation text box appears. Solitaire. A game of solitaire appears. Periodic table. You get an interactive periodic table, which is kind of cool. Um, cat. All right, now a cat paw is going to appear. Once you click that, the cat meows and an animated cat hand makes paw prints wherever you click. Search dog. Dog button appears. Once click, the dog barks. And an animated dog hand makes paw prints, just like the cat. How cute. It's cute. It is cute. Uh, Flip a coin. Type in flip a coin, and a coin animation flips to unveil heads or tails. So that's a great way. You know, on your phone, you want to flip a coin. You don't want to mess with a coin. Just type that into Google. This one creeped me out. Remember the show The Last of Us? Yeah. Yep. Okay, so search that, and a mushroom button appears at the bottom of the screen. Okay. When you click it, 
the cordyceps mushrooms begin to cover the screen oh, and take over. That creepy as hell. Type in a timer. You get a timer and a spot, a stopwatch, which is very cool. Um, Minesweeper. A game of Minesweeper appears. Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, Sonic appears, and if you click on him, he rolls across your screen. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Um. Why this is, I don't know, but if you type in Jamie Lee Curtis, googly eyes replace the O's in the Google logo, and the eyes follow your mouse around the screen. I don't know why that ties to Jamie Lee Curtis, but hey, whatever. I don't know if that has something to do with uh, how, you know Halloween. Ah, uh-uh, maybe. Know, I'm not because I choose the queen of Halloween. T- type in Pac-Man, and you get a Pac-Man game, which is fun. Um, type in pi, P-I. The number for pi appears in calculator icon for, uh, an icon for pi shows up in the left-hand corner of the calculator. Once clicked, Google engages users in a mind game to see how much of the number pi the user can remember. Yeah, was it 3.124 I can only re- is the start? And then it goes out yeah, a gazillion. Well, that's pretty much how most people. Yeah. And then another one, which is great, to use on your phone when you're in a restaurant, a tip calculator. Oh, yeah, that's type, what I did. Type that in, and a tip calculator appears. That way you can figure it out instead of uh, the the restaurant. I hate when they do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, roll a dice, duh, click on it, and uh, roll a dice. These come, by the way, from Digital Third Coast, which is an agency that does content for the internet. And this was obviously done by real people because it's kind of interesting, right? Tic-tac-toe, you can just guess what that is. Uh, Baby Yoda. Search Baby Yoda and Baby Yoda appears. Once clicked, he uses the force to raise search results and Mm. drop them to the ground. (laughs) Mm. I love Baby Yoda. And Diwali, great holiday. Uh, Shining Diwali candle appears. And once you click it, a circle of candles take over the screen, ready to be lit by the user, which is cute. Same thing with Hanukkah. Menorah appears, light. So anyway, this is on digitalcoasttirdcoast.com. You'll find it on their website. There are so many cute ones. Um, or just Google. Google Easter eggs. And so there's you just a couple type in of, Baby Yoda Easter egg? No, you just oh. type in Baby Yoda. Well, I tried that, but it didn't come up. So I'm... Hold on. I mean, stories about Baby Yoda came up, but I didn't see an Easter egg. Hold on. Well, you won't. Hold on. Baby Y-O-D-A. Okay. Mm, I see Mm. in the right-hand corner of my Chrome an animated little Yoda guy. I'm clicking on him now. And he's making things move on the screen. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> that's I, you know, I don't. It's funny because on mine, I don't see what that. browser on, are you using? Are I'm you on in Bing, Google? Microsoft Bing. <laughs> are you using Chrome on Bing? Uh, I am. No, I'm using Bing. No, you're Bing. in an Edge browser. The whole story was about Google, Google. searches. Google. Oh, you're right. It did say Google. You're 100. Which is correct. Chrome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, I'll try. Anyway, so don't be like Mark. Be yeah. like. Listen to the story. You, Listen to the story and do that. But, I mean, like uh, Hanukkah, type in dreidel, a game of dreidel appears. Fun. Uh, There's all kinds of different ones that are really, really cool. And they're 
few secret ones, they're a secret. Go look it up. Digitalthirdcoast.com. Google Easter eggs. Great story. Has some great suggestions. Fun. That's a lot of fun. Uh, And Easter eggs have always been a lot of fun. Uh, Do we have, let's see, how much time do we have here? Uh, I guess we can talk briefly about solar. Yep. you know, I have uh, I have had for now probably eleven or twelve years. I we installed solar in our house way back when, and it's worked well for us. We still have an electric bill every month, so it doesn't cover. We got a lot of panels on our roof. We got a good sized roof, and we have a lot of panels, and it does reduce. I think on average. Oh, gosh. I, we probably save two or $300 a month. You know, our electric bills during the summertime, when we're, Marsh and I are in an extremely hot area during the summer. And I think it, at one point we were getting $1,600, $1,700 electric bills. And so during the hottest months, we probably now, instead of 1600 because you have to factor in what you pay for the solar, probably cost us about 600 and then during the winter, of course, it's substantially less. So I'm going to kind of quickly give you a way to calculate is it, how long does it take for you to recoup your cost of solar. So you start with the total cost to install solar on your home. You know, consider interest fees, everything that you're doing, if you're taking out a loan, however that works. Then from that, you want to subtract the value of any rebates, incentives, or tax credits. And some states have them, some states don't. Sometimes there's a federal credit. So those tax credits, you have to reduce your cost by that. Uh, Now you have what's known as the net cost of your solar system after discounts. The next thing you actually have to do is you've got to estimate what your annual electric bill is and bill savings with solar panels. So you need to know what that is. Uh, you divide the net cost of the system by the annual bill savings, and then the number you end up with is the number of years it'll take for your panels to pay for themselves. So you have to have an idea. You know, we're with, I'm with, I don't know about Marsha, I'm with Southern California Edison, horrible utility company. Uh, but you can go back and you can probably get 12 months worth of bills. Yeah, but let me let me throw something in here. Yeah. Our LADWP bills are plain BS. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry as far as the electricity. Um, I've had... You know, family living in the guest house. Mm-hmm. So, which is other human beings showering and using electricity. Yep. And yet, the bill doesn't change when they leave. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> um, and they call out, they came out and did a manual reading because maybe smart meter, blah, blah. Oh, no. The bill never changes. I'm afraid, you know, I don't want to call them thieves on the air, but the honest to God truth is, yeah, I'm, I'm not uh, buying it. Yeah, not I buying it at all. Yeah, I hear. So you oh. know, I I think it's just a trap in the end until they get this all settled. Um, the truth is, you know, you may not if you have, even with incentives and tax credits, it can take you, a, your solar payback period, can what? How many years? Six, twelve yeah, years, I mean, ten it, years. It, it, you really have to, you know, it depends on if you lease. So we leased our solar system uh, over a 20-year period of time where we're in, you know, year 12 now or something like that. So you just have to calculate all that, all those costs in. And also, if you want a solar battery, that's a whole other cost that, yep. Expensive, believe be me, they're grand. not going to give you a tax credit for because they want you to have your stuff on the grid just right, in exactly. case they need the money. Exactly. So I, 
I'm I'm not saying any of this is a savings at all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not you yet. Just really have to do not the work yet. to figure it out. Um, okay, should we do? We just got a couple of minutes left here. Should Let's just jump to streaming because yeah, uh, you do the movies and I'll do TV shows. All right, so movies this week still number one as it was last week. Ghosted, cute movie, uh, kind of a spy movie with Chris Evans. Um, that was fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, Scream. I watched the latest version of Scream. Uh, well, I guess this is the first Scream they're showing. So the the most uh, streaming chart right now is the original Scream movie. I watched the new one, which was fine. Nothing particularly special. Uh, Peter Pan and Wendy, a new Disney. How was Plus. that? I haven't seen see that it? yet. Um, it looks like it's cute. But yeah, don't it does. Know. Okay. Yeah. Um, the 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 one that I think is so dumb. Cocaine Bear, uh, still up on the charts. Then you've got uh, Evil Dead, which is an old, old movie. Uh, Clock. I do not know what Clock is. Marjorie, do you know what that is? I have no idea. I've never heard of it. Again, this I guess I should look into this because this keeps popping up. Seven Kings Must Die. It looks like kind of a, a Game of Thrones type thing. Another one called AKA, which is, let's see, on Netflix and looks interesting. Uh, looks like a, um, you know, a, a police show or something like that. John Mulaney, yeah, John Mulaney, comedian, Mm -hmm. called Baby G. And number 10, Tetris, which Marsha and I both loved. Okay, uh, Tetris is great. You still, you guys, got to see that. Watch that movie, Tetris. Yeah, good movie. Uh, Tell me what you thought on Twitter, because I think it was great. Yeah, it was. Okay, on on TV, uh, not on the list, but I wanted to make a comment. The season finale of Will Trent Happened? What a together TV series that was. Yeah, it's very well made. Excellent. Did you see the last episode? I have not yet. I'm kind of oh, you, you will, on TV. You will just, it's fabulous. The last episode ties everything up in a ribbon, and it can leave it open, and luckily it has been renewed, but what a great series from people I, yeah, I didn't well know made. of. Very well Very likable people on the show. Okay, the number one in TV shows as... From last week, April 27th to May 3rd, is The Diplomat, which looked like a really interesting thing. Um, a wo- Long story short, a woman is asked to be a diplomat, and she thought they were going to ask her husband because, you know, the world. Yeah, right. Uh, so she's the uh, diplomat. By the and way, Stephen Great King Britain. rated that as his favorite show right now. For then I would right. not watch it. I, I'm so fed up with Stephen King and his damn opinions on everything. Yeah, Who does he, does he think he is? Pretty much no, I'm, I'm just shut his mouth for a while. Right. I mean, come on. Um, let people decide for themselves. You're not really a tastemaker. Yeah. <laughs> You're a writer. Um, Citadel, number two. That looks like a lot of fun. It looks like a man and a woman type spy show. Looks adorable. Beef, one more time, is number three. Yep. Succession is Roll It Along and number four. Number five, Love and Death. I haven't seen that one. Nor have, nor I. have I seen number six, Jury Duty. Yep. And my favorite, Ted Lasso's yep. in number seven. Lasso. I Some people say it's gone off the rails. I like the direction it's going in. Oh, I do too. Um, I think this will be the end. I don't know. They keep saying maybe yes, maybe no, you know, but hopefully, yeah. hopefully not. Hopefully not, because I really think it's an excellent franchise. Eight is Yellow Jackets. Still, mm-hmm. I don't want to Didn't watch like it. it. Don't want to watch anything about a bunch of Yellow Jackets. Yep. <laughs> Number nine, my absolute favorite, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, mm-hmm. which is absolutely ending at the yep. end of this year. It is. 
Uh, beautiful show, beautifully photographed, beautiful costuming, and funny, great writers on that show. Yep. And the last one is Sweet Tooth. I don't know. The logo looks like a monster with cavities, so I'm not really sure. I think that's been around for a long sure. time. I, think, I don't think that's yeah. a new series, but uh, I haven't watched it But it's it number 10, and yep, that was the go. top 10 shop uh, for TV. So, All right. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to go watch the coronation after there this. There you go. Enjoy. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's it for us, right, Marsha? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, nice to hear the music. Have a great week, everybody. Enjoy Cinco de Mayo, which is this weekend, if you're listening oh, to Oh, you see right that? Now. now we've got Cinco de Mayo. Well, no, that was yesterday, Mark. Well, well, uh, that's true. We're celebrating tomorrow, so you're right. Enjoy, But you everybody. just want to drink through the weekend. Exactly. I know you. Yep. <laughs> well, This is Marsha Collier and Mark <laughs> Cohen. And we're here every week. Please like, subscribe, and tell your friends. You've been listening to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. Produced by Brain Food Radio Syndication, global food for thought. Bye-bye.